Amen. That is an awesome song. I have always enjoyed casting crowns. And what an encouragement um, to know that who we are, we belong to Him. I thought of, you know, life is, we're blessed, but sometimes life's just tough. And often we go through things that are just drain us, take our strength, and we need to be reminded of God. I was thinking, um, they were singing Deuteronomy 33, 27, and, and that's the verse, you know, where it talks about underneath are the everlasting arms. I remember a few years ago, I think it was a contemporary English version. In that translation, it says, The eternal God is our hiding place. He carries us in his arms. Man, it is awesome to think that there is a God to shelter us and to carry us and to be there. And and, and so, anyway, that's on my heart. I, I appreciate the song. We are in, you know what book, the book of Romans, (laughs) Romans 13, and we're going to look at the first seven verses, and this particular message, uh, oh boy, you know, politics is one of those subjects that there are a lot of people that talk about it and cut on the news, and usually someone has an opinion about politics, but the scripture here is not talking about politicians, it's talking about the citizens, it's talking about you and I. And our responsibility in being citizens. And so those first seven verses encourage you when you find that to stand in our God's honor as I will read aloud. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for allowing us to gather once again, Lord. Thank you for your timeless truths contained in the scripture. Father, where you give us... Um, the truth that we need to face life. I thank you for this passage and how important it is for us, Father, to to be citizens that uh, obey you and obey the law. And I just pray, Father, that you speak to our hearts, Lord, as we talk about this issue in your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's just go back in history for 
a few examples to get some thought of the difficulty of, of being a good citizen. Go back to, say, 1760. And you live in England and you're part of a family business that's been passed down through several generations. And you hear about this land, these colonies across the sea. So you decide you want to move there and carry on the trade that you know so well that you've learned from your family. And so you head across the seas to New England and you open up the business there and it goes well and you're learning and growing there. And But then there becomes a discontent as uh, there's this idea of Taxation without representation. We are being overtaxed. and you've, you've got a decision to make. Am I going to be faithful to the country where I was born? Where I grew up? Uh, loyalty to my homeland? Or am I going to be faithful to this land where I now live? Am I going to join the Minutemen? Or am I going to be quiet? And, 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 and just let things happen. Fast forward a hundred years... You're on a plantation, you own slaves, God becomes a part of your life, Christ opens your eyes, and you say, man, this is not right. And, 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 so, and, and then that's pushed by this guy coming into office, Abraham Lincoln, and, and suddenly there's this civil war at hand, and, and so do you move up north, and you stay in the place where you love? How do you handle all of this? Then fast forward to... Nazi Germany, you have many friends who are Jews and, and customers who are Jews in the business that, that you have. And, and you begin to read about violence against the Jews and, and policies that bring them harm. And you have a friend who's a spy and he, he offers to give you safe passage to Switzerland and to get out of Germany. What do you do? Do you, do you stay there or, or do you move? Issues of homeland are often tough. Issues of, of being a good citizen aren't easy. You know, we look at Paul and we say, oh, well, Paul, you know, that, that was way before any of these kind of problems. I mean, what's the big deal here? Well, as we study history, we find out that the guy in charge in that time was a guy named Nero. And he was a Roman emperor that caused a lot of trouble for Christians. Matter of fact, it wouldn't be too long after this that he would use Christians to be torches to light his Colosseum as he would uh, cover them with pitch and tar and set them aflame. And so it's a dangerous place to live. And, and for Paul to come and, and to write about being good citizens was a, a difficult, difficult word for the people to hear, for the followers to hear. You know, there tend to be two extremes as far as government goes, there are those who, you know, are just so against government, against those who are in charge, that those who, who are in power, and there's this almost anti-government sentiment, and, 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 you know, we're just going to get away from all these rules that just weigh us down. And then you have the other extreme of apathy, or, you know, it's like, why even vote? I mean, it's all just a waste of time. It's like the eight-year-old boy that said, why take a bath? I'm just going to get dirty again. I mean, there, there, there's this idea of, of, you know, we can't fix it, so I'm just going to ignore it. I, I'm, I'm just going to act like it doesn't matter. As we look at our scripture here, though, we see that we have a responsibility as, as part of a land, 
as, as part of the United States, our land. As verse 1 opens up, he says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Well, that first word's a big one. He says everyone. That means that none of us are exempt from the laws of our land. God says that being part of a good citizen, part of being an obedient child of God, is obeying the laws of the land. Being in submission, in subjection to those in charge in the land. And, of course, that includes all of us. Uh, Wednesday night, we've started a new series. Uh, and here I know the, the, there's a women's study, and we also have a study that we're following, Andy Stanley's study, called Right and I. And he opened up the first message talking about the end of the book of Judges. Where he said everybody did what was right in his own eyes. And the result of that, there was just chaos. Um, that happens and there's chaos when laws aren't followed and, and, and rules as a land aren't obeyed. Uh, verse 2, if you disobey the government, says here you're going to suffer some consequences. Notice the scripture. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. You stop at red lights. You follow those traffic rules if you don't want to have an accident, if, if you don't want to get a ticket, and, and uh, you know if you want to stay out of trouble, don't rob a bank. I, I remember one guy uh, in a church that I served, he, of all things, he robbed a post office. Not only was there almost no money in there, but a federal offense, man, you do something against the government, you end up with automatic time. And, you know, if you want to stay out of trouble, obey those laws. Um. The government has that responsibility of, of making it a safe place to live. That's why we have these rules. So that there's order. That's their job, that we may have a safe lives. That's why God has established government. That's the purpose. And without government and those rules, there's anarchy. Uh, it was interesting. I was reading about you know the hanging of the horse thieves. He said back in those days of the Old West... You know, if, if a cowboy didn't have his horse, he was in severe trouble. And so it became one of those ultimate crimes. And it would not be unusual in the Old West where you'd find a, a guy hanging from a tree, you know, dead. And, and there'd be a note on there that identified him as a horse thief. And that served as a warning, you obey the law. Or this is what's going to happen to you. Or I remember a short time that we served in Long Island, New York, there was a friend of mine that lived in the city, and he said that one of the safest places in New York City uh, was this neighborhood. There was essentially no crime. And I mean, you could walk at night and not worry about somebody robbing you or, or you know, have any worries. It was just very safe. He said it was a nice Italian neighborhood where the mafia lived. You didn't want to hurt those guys or cross them. You know? And, 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 and so there's this idea here of, of the law. And when the law is disobeyed, you need to, you need to worry. I mean, it, it matters. That's why it says here, he does not bear the sword for nothing. Uh, and now thirdly, verse 5, I want you to notice, civil obedience relieves our conscience. 
He says, therefore, it's necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. The, the picture here is, you know, have a clear conscience. And as you follow a clear conscience, you know, you won't live in fear of what may happen to you. An example of this, boy, we've all had this. You know, you're driving down the road, and suddenly you look behind you and you see red lights. Come, I mean, you know, blue lights come on the cop car, and then you hear that noise. Oh, man. And then what you do? I don't know what I do. I look down the speedometer and say, how fast am I going? And, and then they speed around you, and it's like, thank you, Lord. You know, uh, there's, hey, I wasn't doing anything wrong. And, you know, I can breathe that sigh of relief, that deep sigh of relief. Or, you know, another example with, you know, the IRS stuff, with the taxes. You know, pay your taxes and you don't live in fear. You don't pay your taxes, you might live in that fear if you get a letter from the IRS. I remember one time uh, when we lived in North Carolina, I got a letter from the IRS. Scared me to death. I had to go to the main office in Asheville, North Carolina. We lived in Hendersonville at the time. And I thought, man, I, what have I, I am, I'm in trouble. When it turned out there was a guy named Todd Freeman out in California that hadn't paid his taxes in I don't know how many years. Whew. But you know, I put the fear in. I wasn't sure what I'd done, but I thought, must be something, I would get a letter. Uh, maybe you heard about the guy. He, he wrote a letter to the IRS. He said, I have enclosed $150 of tax money pay my taxes because I just can't sleep at night. And and so I'm paying $150. He said, if I still can't sleep, I'll pay you the rest. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I came across this letter. You know, uh, some guy had written. He said, dear IRS, uh, enclosed is my tax return and payment. Please take note of the attached article from USA Today. <laughs> In the article, you'll see the Pentagon is paying $171.50 for hammers. NASA's paid $600 for a toilet seat. Police find enclosed four toilet seats, value $2,400. Six hammers, value $10,000, I mean, not $10,000, $1,029. This brings my total payment to $3,429. Please note the overpayment of $22 and apply it to the presidential election fund as noted on my return. Might I suggest you then send the above-mentioned fund a 1.5-inch screw. See attached article HUD paid $22 for 1.5-inch Phillips head screw. It's been a pleasure to pay my tax bill this year, and I look forward to paying it again next year. I have just read an article about the Pentagon screwdriver, sincerely disgruntled of Oklahoma. <laughs> there was actually a guy in the last church that we served. Uh, he hadn't paid his taxes in a long time, like 20 years. And he was bragging about it, guys. Well, he must have bragged to the wrong people because he got a letter from the government, and I mean, it was, it was... It was just sad. I mean, they, they've taken his money, I don't know, probably for the rest of his days. You know, I mean, it put the fear in him with that. So, you know, uh, that clear conscience matters. Uh, okay, moving on to verse 6 here. Tells us a conscience which refers to appropriate obedience. He says, this is also why you pay taxes for the authorities or God's servants who give their full time to governing. We're called to pay those taxes and the idea of those taxes are to provide services to make it a safer place and to you know basically to help one another for schools uh, uh, 
you know, for pleas and at fire department, you know, and on and on is the purpose of these taxes. We're to be good citizens. We're to contribute in that manner. And notice here it refers to these government uh, workers as God's servants. That is the ideal. It is not a place of power. It is a place to be a servant. That, that is the intention of a government worker. That, that is how God formed that position to be. And um, so in Paul's day, what was the big deal? Well, there were a group who were very radical. And they were so against the government of that day, against the Roman government, that when fellow Jews would support that government, they'd come in and they'd burn down their homes, they would destroy their crops, uh, they would cause all kinds of heartache and pain. And they would do it in God's name as if that, that was, you know, being really close to God by doing those kind of actions. And, 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 you know, Paul knew some of those kind of people. Is he sure that he said, no, that's not the way. Violence and, and attacking these people, that's not the way to deal with these issues. That, that, that's not what I call you to do. I notice it's interesting here as you look in the text here. Um, notice what he says here in verse 7. Give to everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay the taxes. If revenue, then revenue. That, those things are to be paid. He said, if respect, if respect, if honor, then honor. Um, but uh, the picture here is to owe in, in such a way of what is deserved. And there are those times um, where government, where law may clash with following God. That's tough. With being obedient to God's heart. When, when it goes against our conscience in following the dictates of what He has revealed to us in His Scripture, what He has revealed to us about our walk with Him, that's uh, when there's more than subjection and more than submission. Uh, when we're pressured to be tolerant of that, which goes against what we know God showed us is wrong. And let's just be quite honest about it. We live in an age where that is growing. We live in a time where it is very intolerant in some areas to believe God's truth. To walk with God. We live in an age where this is one of the few places publicly we can come and we can pray. And, you know, we don't have to worry, at least praise God so far, about a lawsuit coming our way of being forced to pray. We live in an age where there are monuments. It, it, it breaks my heart when I see in, in graveyards where there's crosses on, on graves. And, 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 and they take that out because they say it, it goes against the law. So, so cemeteries are, are sometimes desecrated. I, what is going on? And, and it's, it's going to be to a point, guys, where um, we may end up going to jail to follow God and to be obedient to God. You know, when I was a kid, I thought, nah. But it seems to be getting closer to me. There's some areas, and, and it may not be that far off, in dealing with those difficulties. Um, Ezekiel 22.30 says. I looked for someone among them. Who would build up the wall. 
and stand in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. And what God is looking for, He's looking for you and me to be a people who will build up the land, who will live in courage and stand in the gap in prayer and as people of love and people of conviction in Jesus Christ. That's the call. That's that's the conviction that He gives us so that um, impending doom of judgment will not be part of our future. God is looking for that. And and it's easy to talk about, a lot tougher to do. I have a friend of mine. It was funny. I was belly aching to my wife about this guy the other day. Uh, uh, he was a guy when I became a Christian that was a good friend of mine. And, and you know, life, you go separate ways. And he, he and his wife were missionaries over in Korea for years and years and years. And, well, it can be dangerous in some places over in Korea to love and follow Jesus. And, and so they moved not too far away. I tried to get a hold of them, couldn't get a hold of them, so I'm just grumbling. Well, he doesn't want to talk to me and everything else. Well, I finally traced this thing down. Um, from what I can tell, I don't know for sure because this stuff's very, you know, private. But from what I can gather from a, a source, a friend of mine, he's moved back to Korea and he's in charge of a significant part. He and his wife uh, are leaders in a significant part in Korea. It's a very dangerous place. So nobody's supposed to know where he is or what he's doing as he serves Christ in that part. Throughout history, there have been those that have stood up for Jesus and suffered. You know, I think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was hanged on uh, the 9th of April, 1945, because he was a, a, a man who was a pastor in a church who stood up for God and did not believe in what was happening in Nazi Germany. As a result of that, he lost his life. Maybe you've heard of the guy Martin Niemöller, uh, who was a prominent pastor and a foe of Adolf Hitler, and he ended up uh, spending life in a concentration camp for seven years as a result of that. And He's probably best remembered for this quotation. You guys have probably heard it. First, they came for the socialist, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I not, did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Wow. How convicting is that? Matter of fact, there's a story that says that a, a pastor um, uh, who did not want you know, to get in trouble with his government came to visit uh, Martin in prison. He said, man, all you got to do is play by the rules. You wouldn't be here if you'd play by the rules. He said, Martin, why are you in jail? And Martin looked at him and he said, my friend, the question is, why are you not in jail? I want to close with these words from Luke 12. Uh, Listen to the words of Jesus. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight and 
what you've whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the rooftops. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledged me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Let's pray. Lord, some tough words. And the truth is, Father, it's one thing to think about something that happened long ago or something that far off might happen. But when we're confronted with something that might be near We're weak. We need you. Empower us, Father, to be your people. To stand for your truth. As you look, Master, I request that you help me and help my brothers and sisters here to be the one who builds up the wall and the one who stands in the gap on behalf of the land. Oh, Father, I just pray for that. Lord, none of that happens unless Jesus lives in my heart, unless Jesus lives in your heart. And so, obviously, the prayer is God's strength uh, is needed, but is God's presence living inside. Look at us this morning, and Father, draw us to you, whatever that may be, whether it's to receive you for the first time, to say, enter my life, forgive me of my sins, Master, (laughs) make me new, or whether it's a checkup, an examination spiritually to ask, Master, what do I need to bring in submission to you? Father, however you call, may we respond. Bring us to the altar, bring us to the front, or deal with us right where we are. Regardless, Master, bring us closer to Jesus. That's the plea. We stand as we sing, as we come. May it all be an act of worship. In Christ's name, amen.